All right, well, some theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton here to dig deeper once again into the book of Revelation. This week, we are taking a short time to go through the last couple of verses of chapter 10, looking at verses 8 through 11. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, You must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. All right, so far our text for this week. And we are going to do a very brief one for this, and I probably could have just tacked it on to last week's and moved everything up a week in my schedule, but I wanted to take a moment to look back again at the collect of the word. Blessed Lord, you have caused your holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. This is one of those moments in these verses that brought about this prayer in our church. Let's take a look at the other place where a prophet is told to do this very same thing that John is doing. Ezekiel chapter 3. And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. This is that idea that giving a visualness of the inwardly digesting, this learning by heart of the scriptures. This is not just a rote memorization like many of us think of as we try to you know, cram for a test in school or just try to quickly be able to have facts for a presentation that we are giving so that we can immediately dump them afterwards. This is a, this is going to be with you for a long time. This is why many churches use the same liturgy again and again and again. I know in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I'm sure there are in many of the other branches of Lutheranism, there are many people, when you say page 5, page 15, they know exactly what you're talking about. They could probably even start on note with it and sing it from memory because it is such an ingrained part of their life. This is what the scripture is to be for us. This is what the hymns are to be for us. Lisa Clark, a, the wife of a classmate of mine from seminary, wrote a trilogy of young adult novels published by Concordia Publishing House called The Messengers. And in this, she goes to a near distant future where there is a country that has banned all of Christianity, has burned every copy of the Bible, most of the commentaries, and anything else written about Jesus. 
and yet there is the small underground church. And the messengers come from this idea of these people bringing around messages on scraps of paper and bringing them to the elders of the church to verify whether or not it is a scripture verse or not. And so once they are identified as scripture verses, then they can be brought out to the people. But how do they know? It's because they have had the word of God ingrained in them. They have inwardly digested what was there, knowing what could happen, knowing what they saw happening in their lives. They took upon this idea of John and Ezekiel eating the scroll. And it is very sweet as it tastes because hearing the word of God is a wonderful thing because we hear it knowing that it is all about Jesus. And Jesus is all about grace and mercy to sinners. But then we go through this life understanding that it is very bitter as well because there are so many people today even, that do not want to hear the word of God, do not want to hear the name of Jesus, do not even really want much to do with religion of anything at all, but want to only know what they want to know. They want to only believe what it is that is absolutely necessary for them to get from today to tomorrow. And that's it. That's the bitterness of living as a Christian with the word of God in you. It's like Jeremiah saying, I would no longer say anything in his name. I would no longer mention him. But there is as there were a fire shut up in my bones and I cannot contain it. That's the bitterness that is in the stomach of eating this scroll. That is the bitterness of life as a Christian in this world that there is suffering, and that we are the targets of that suffering at times. And as the scripture reminds us, and as Revelation continues to tell us, it only gets worse with time. Cesarius of Arles wrote about this, It will be sweet in your mouth, but bitter in your stomach. By the mouth we are to understand the good and spiritual Christians, while by the stomach we understand the carnal and dissolute. And so it is that when the word of God is preached, it is sweet to the spiritual, but to the carnal, whose God is the belly, as the apostle says in Philippians 3.19, it is bitter and harsh. Yes, we go to Philippians 3, and we talk about the people who are out there whose only idol is themselves, whose only God is themselves. And everything that is in their life is somehow helping them, somehow pleasing them. They don't want to hear this. This message that is sweet to us is very bitter to them. And so we end this chapter looking at verse 11, where John is told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. And so what does this mean? Well, many of the ancient commentaries believe that this statement is a promise that John would not die on the island of Patmos that he would be released and then he would be called to proclaim God's word to other nations after Emperor Domitian's death. And this is a very plausible idea 
as to what this is. Also plausible is that this letter containing Revelation and maybe also one of the other general epistles of John may have left Patmos and it gets disseminated to nations and languages and peoples and kings. Either promise is very plausible, very good, because whether John left the island of Patmos after Domitian's death or he did not, Revelation has still gone throughout the world. There are very few Christians anywhere in the world who do not know at least something about Revelation. So John is still speaking. Now, granted, one of the reasons I decided to do Revelation on Digging Deeper is to go into there are a lot of things that are said wrong about Revelation. And so I want to be able to set them right, but also to point out some of these things and how we combat them with the scriptures, reminding us that, yes, scripture interprets scripture, but we use the clearer, plainer passages to explain the obscure, not the other way around, as is done in most dispensational theology, is that they use revelation to then talk about how you're supposed to know the rest of the Bible. You know, as I said very early on, and as I have tried to keep track of throughout this journey, to understand revelation, you need to have eaten the scroll of the rest of the Bible. You need to understand exactly where everything else is coming from. Because we have, and by, I believe, chapter 15 or chapter 16, I have it all mapped out. We have every single Bible book in the rest of the Bible talked about, alluded to, or quoted in the book of Revelation. Explaining the symbols, explaining the background but bringing about our knowledge and our understanding of revelation coming from the rest of the scriptures. But we can only do that because we have inwardly digested the word. We can only do that if we are like John, if we are like Ezekiel, and have eaten the scroll that is sweet in our mouths but bitter in our stomachs. Because it is that sweetness and that bitterness that drives us on to continue to proclaim the word of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the gospel to all people so that we can see the great glory that is coming and so that we can wrestle with the theology that is around us and to equip others to do the same. Amen.